Hearty fraternal greetings and good wishes to all the brothers and the sisters. We shall have an interactive session with any clarifications that may be sought. In relation to the theme that is spoken during this group life, or generally in relation to discipleship. So we commence and the proceedings will be till half past eleven. Then we have a short break. Thereafter we do the peace prayer and conclude. Thank you. Yes, Ludga. There were several more questions coming relating also to karma. Karma. There is one question. When Bhattacharya, the father, speaks about past incarnations and future incarnations, um, what is the role of free will when the future incarnations are so clearly described? and that it comes, as he says, uh, yeah, it will come. The future incarnations are based on the present state of energy that is held by a soul. The personality has its uh, consistent gradual transformations. So considering the speed at which the transformations are happening in the current life, the future can be foreseen. It's not that the future is already decided. If a train is going at a particular speed and it has reached a station and the next station, by what time it reaches considering the speed at which it moves, can be arrived at, can be wiped out. Likewise, the pace of evolution that the soul is working out can be fairly gauged and on that basis the future can be fairly ascertained. It is not very definitive that in every detail it would be fulfilled, but the pattern can be very clearly set. The general pattern of how it would be in the future can be gauged on the basis of how it is today and what it has been in the past. Just like we make projections on the basis of past statistics, the future projections are made, assuming other things being constant. Likewise, generally, the pace of the soul can be, at which it is taking evolution, can be gauged by a seer, and how much time it takes for a particular soul to evolve, it should not be difficult to gauge. Even in the schools and colleges, the the teachers are able to gauge 
the progress and project what the student could be by the end he by the end of the time and he comes out of the school so for a teacher in the esoteric circle also the the degree of will that is in exercise it is the degree of the will that the soul is exercising keeping that as a measure the future is measured and said it would go like this it's like our saying that if we travel at a at an average speed of 100 kilometers by what time we can reach munich or by what time we can reach hamburg can be fairly guessed likewise the 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 degree of the will and its pace can be gauged and on that base fairly the future would be predicted uh, it is not that uh, there is no play of will in the whole progress of the soul it's but the the degree of progress that the the, the strength of the will can be gauged and on that basis the future can be fairly set that's how knowing the past knowing the present the future can be said just like we also say that the past thoughts our thoughts related to the past have brought us to this point and the thoughts that we hold today the kind of the pattern of thoughts that we hold today we can fairly guess what the future could be so in that manner the will can be gauged and on the basis of this the the rapidity of changes that the will is able to bring about is seen and on that basis these predictions are made galaxy that's how it is mentioned in the scriptures he constitutes a, a very high energy and to say jesus is that is is just that's where i say some of those things mentioned in the book shall have to be um, gently eliminated <laughs> otherwise it gives a very <laughs> very different understand so if there is if, i haven't seen that in the book but fourth chapter fourth chapter okay. we can really say that it is untrue so jesus has been making his evaluation on the planet and the pole star you know the energy of the pole star which we call dhruva 
its story is even before the formation of this planet he is the he is the north pole to be the story of dhruva is the story of formation of the north pole which which became north pole after formation of south pole so it constitutes the very basis of formation of this planet so to relate that to jesus is a is a bit of a very wild imagination and and we should be very we should be wondering how such imaginations could be made there's another story finished about the purana pandit who came to pick up purana gave lectures there and wanted to collect his soul parts and his collect his soul parts intellectual soul parts from a lady there was a lady a farmer lady which he saw that soul parts were written and um, also of um, he um, collected money the aid for what he was teaching to end his karmic obligations and wanted to be free and there uh, so father said to do the calculation without uh, the the boss and the third the boss himself had something without me uh, i promised to this lady that she would incarnate in the future life and marry this baby which is about to die and when you withdraw this baby will die and uh, the story um, also very special please reiterate Once again, please. There's the story in the book of the Purana Pandit. Purana Pandit. It's called Purana Pandit in the book. Okay. He's giving lectures about the Purana. Yes. The Purana mm-hmm. and where Bhaskaracharya uh, said, please give him some money, invite him home, because he did not pay. And uh, he saw in the house of Akalavasasama uh, 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 this uh, farmer lady who was bringing mills from Kakao to the house. And before, the father had promised to the lady that uh, she will have a good marriage in the next life. And then this family Uh, has the intention of collecting his soul parts. Soul parts? He says this is other incarnations. Uh, soul parts, okay. Parts. Ah, okay. Soul parts. Hmm. To end his cycle of incarnations, to be free, he wanted to conclude his incarnation. He saw that his female parts were with this lady. He also saw that a boy was born, a baby boy, a part of him was in it, and he wanted to withdraw. And there's the father stepped in and said, um, um, I am the account maker, you cannot uh, uh, do these things. When you take away 
His soul passed away, he will die. His four-month-old boy will die. And I promised, I gave already the Mandala Sutra to the, to the settlers for this lady for the future incarnation with you or with this part of you will be her future husband. And they will have a good life together in the next life, and they rarely devoted for family to stop this attracting the soul parts. And then he The, as, I, as I explained to you yesterday, whenever they refer in the book to the soul part, it refers to the, the, the personality, which is the uh, mutable part of the soul. There is a mutable part which carries the karma. The immutable part, uh, to, to the immutable part, this uh, mutable part is like a luggage. Just like you draw your luggage just out of the rooms now. <laughs> when you go, you carry your luggage with you. So in that luggage part, which is the mutable part, there are certain intricacies still left out, which this pundit, he, he could not see. He could not see. He, he thought that... See, each one of us, we think that we should clear all our karma in this life. And be free, isn't it? It's a good intention, but there can be many unseen, uh, unseen aspects of karma. So as long as there is an unseen aspect of karma, you, it cannot be uh, nullified without the related action taking place. So since Sripada could see it more clearly than the then the scholar who was lecturing upon scriptures, he informed him that there are some parts of karma still remaining, so it's not that you can neutralize everything. And uh, even if he tries to do so, it does not work out. Even if the pundit tries to do so, it does not work out when there is an unfulfilled part of a karma. It is more a clarification that Sripada gave to the scholar that his karma is not yet completely neutralized and in this incarnation he would not be a liberated soul. There is some more time for the soul to get liberated. Mainly when that baby boy gets married to another and then when that cycle is complete, by the time this uh, person's karma would find its uh, uh, neutralization. These are all very intricate things because someone who is uh, of the order of Sripada said it, they find acceptability among the believers. But even if that scholar had tried to do so, it would not work. Normally karma has to be fulfilled are neutralized by virtue of an extraordinary act of sacrifice that one does. 
So without all that, if we feel like concluding our, our own karma, it does not work. Just like when we are here, we have a program. We have a program until the peace period. The class is there and thereafter there are some pleasantries followed by peace prayer. Before the peace prayer, if I say I will go, the karma emerges from it. If I say I will go before the peace prayer, if I say before the conclusion of the group life, even without fulfilling my duties, if I wish to go away, you may not object, but I would have the consequential karma. That's how the scholar was in a haste. That he thought that his work is over, but it is not truly over. And that clarification, Sripada showed to the scholars, see here it is like this, here it is like this, here it is like this. There is still some more karma relating to you, so you cannot just think that... Uh, you would uh, get away from the whole thing. There is still some more time for the karma to get fulfilled. That is how we have to understand it. We spoke shortly, not yet, uh, about the female aspect of that prayer, about hmm. Radhavi, the incarnation. If there is the story of the incarnation of Ravana or the part of Ravana, uh, through This book has opened a Pandora's box, actually. <laughs> yeah. See, this what you call Vasavi is Vasavi. Vasavi. Vasavi means the female aspect of the indwelling Lord. You know Vasudeva. He is the indwelling lord of the universe. The female dimension of Vasudeva is what is called Vasavi Devi. Vasavi Devi. So Vasavi Devi is abbreviated as Vasavi. It is very normal that our Western brothers, they say for Ramayana, they say Ramayana. It is Ramayana. Like that there is Bharata, which the Western brother says Bharata. So like that this Vasavi is also said as Vasavi, but it is Vasavi. Vasavi means the indwelling female entity in all forms. Vasavi is the indwelling female entity of all forms, while the indwelling male entity is called Vasudeva. That's how it is said. If you come to India, you hear names like Vasu. Vasu. Vasu is the male aspect. Vasavi is the female aspect. 
This Vasavi being the universal mother, it's a universal mother who is a virgin. She is also a virgin. Like Sripada, who is a sixteen, a youth of sixteen seasons. Vasavi is also called a lady of sixteen springs. So, she once Ravana, the Atlantean, the, the diabolic of Ramayana, he pitched upon the her. He found her. And then he found that this, this lady of, is of extraordinarily beautiful nature. She is not only form-wise beautiful, but also nature-wise very beautiful, an unparalleled one. So therefore he thought he could uh, seek her as his lady and he makes his own attempts. So in that context, uh, this Vasavi, she is called in the scriptures also as Vedavati, Vedavati, meaning the wisdom of the Vedas. So she was in appearance in some place and uh, this, this uh, Ravana in his errands around the planet, he found this beautiful lady in a kind of a meditation and he tried his very best to tempt him, tempt her, and even wanted to forcefully uh, pick her up and take her to Lanka. So the lady said, don't come anywhere near to me, and if you do so, you would only perish by such an act. Never, never come to fetch me for your own uh, desired purposes. And if you make such an attempt, you would perish. She also says, if by some means, if you lay, take me to your, to Lanka, the island where, which was his kingdom, the lady says, the moment I step into your kingdom, your kingdom gets destroyed. That's how it is with Vasavi. So, but still he tries to uh, approach her, then she flame puts herself to, they, have, they all have the facility of generating fire from within and then uh, offering themselves to fire and thereby disappear. We have many stories like that in scriptures. With the help of yoga, fire can be generated from within and the whole form can be offered to such a fire. So that's how she disappeared. It is the same lady who is reborn as Sita in Ramayana, the, 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 the mother. It is she who is reborn as Sita. And Tachwood Ravana again runs after this lady Sita and through his uh, magical means he carries her to Lanka and consequently Lanka gets destroyed, Ravana gets destroyed. That is the story in Ramayana. The story, the, the story of Vasavi burning herself up is a preceding story to Ramayana. Preceding story to Ramayana. So when this lady did so, there were about... She had her own following. 
So they also walked into the fire. That is the reason why Vasavi feel, felt a kind of a indebtedness to those who followed her into the fire. And those ladies who walked into the fire along with her were all coming from Vaishya community. Vaishya community, meaning the community of business class. So therefore she gave a, a, a blessing to Vaishya community that since there is a demonstration of self-sacrifice by so many ladies in her favor, when she was moving into fire, as a, as a matter of blessing, she said that she would have eternally stay with the Vaishya communities and whosoever regularly relates to her, she would continue to bless, bestow fulfillment in those lives. That's how this Vasavi is very much worshipped in Vaishya communities. But the same Vasavi is also worshipped as Durga. She is also worshipped as the Sri, which we know, the peace prayer we talk. Vasavi has a particular relation to those, to that community which demonstrated a sacrifice along with her. Not that she needed any of any help from them. When she has put herself ablaze, they also joined the flame, showing their identity with the lady. Therefore, she felt compassion for those who demonstrated such an act. And for that reason, it is said in tradition that the business community, especially the ladies, as long as they worship Vasavi, they would continue to have uh, wealth in the house, harmony in the house, and they would uh, have a, a life of fulfillment. That's why everywhere in India, wherever, in every society there are business community. Therefore, in every city there is a temple of Vasavi. A temple of Vasavi exists, for example, even in Vishakhapatnam. Every town, because there is a community relating to business, they would erect a temple for Vasavi. So, Vasavi is uh, considered to be the prime deity of the business community in India, number one. But essentially, Vasavi is the world mother who is of sixteen springs. She is the one with the sixteen dimensions of light. And the world mother is worshipped in varieties of ways and Vasavi is one of them. The lady whom we call Kanyakumari in south, the southernmost point of India, we have uh, a, a great spiritual center, Kanyakumari. She is also Vasavi. Kanya means virgin. Kumari also means that. So it, it is again the same energy which is present there. So worshipping the mother in her sixteen dimensions is what is seen as worshipping Vasavi, Kanyaka Kanya Parameshwari, Kanyakumari 
and so on and so forth. That is what we also call Radha. When it, when it comes to Krishna's system, we call her Radha. Radha Krishna. Radheshyam, Radheshyam, Radheshyam. It's nature, it's a, it's a pure nature. So that is uh, the story of Vasavi. That uh, every giant of the diabolic nature in one way or other encounters the mother and then in the hands of the mother they find their uh, salvation. In the sense, to release the soul from the diabolic nature, the mother works in different ways and sees that the soul is saved from the diabolic nature. In one way, Ravana found his salvation through the mother Vasavi. That's how the story is. Question. Master, if someone, after a lot of discipline with the Master Siddhi, feels a call for following of... Master, if someone, after a lot of discipline with the Master Siddhi, feels a call for following only the path of the prayer, can that be possible without creating any path conflict and to continue on for the purpose of the soul? Did you not move from Jesus to CVV? <laughs> Did we not? It is, and it's all one. It's all one energy with different purposes at different stations. So it would not have a consequence if someone moves on according to the inner call, according to the inner call, because what is ultimately important is to follow one's conscience. So most of our uh, brothers and sisters in the West, they, did they not move from Jesus into a, a grander vision? And uh, when you speak of Dattatreya, it is still more grand a vision. So when you feel the call, you can move on. There is nothing wrong. Changing uh, from one's... From from one school of thought to another school of thought happens from time to time because it is the journey of the soul, it is the journey of the soul that sometimes from within a call comes and they move, they move on to something else to gain some, some other dimensions which he has not been able to gain in the present school of thought. That's how it is. Ultimately, it's one school, it's all one energy, and what is comfortable to the seeking soul, he should honor it and keep moving, or keep, keep, keep on moving. And he, it should not be that he regularly keeps changing, it should not become a habit of changing from one thing to the other and that thing to the another. But when there is a genuine call from within which is asked in the question, it should be honored and one should move on. This is my view in the matter. If you take my own story, I started with the simple way of worshipping Lord Shiva. <coughs> and then some initiate came to our house and 
he has put me to hanuman i moved into hanuman through hanuman i moved into the energies of rama and krishna then came into my life an initiate of the path of dattatreya he gave the energy of dattatreya when i was working with it masrike came into my life so with masrike i moved on and then i am into the hierarchical energy so it's a matter of making your own journey with experience but ultimately the whole thing you realize somewhere on the way that it's all one presented as many but if you if you see shiva it is it is all inclusive shiva is all inclusive hanuman is all inclusive krishna is all inclusive the hierarchical wisdom is all inclusive cvv is all inclusive dattatreya is all inclusive you are only in the same universal energy and a day will come where you come out of the 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 conditioning of the name and the conditioning of the form that's what should happen see here you see from time to time on the same lighted wall and the same lighted wall once once you display cvv another time you display dattatreya and still another time you display maitreya and you may display any form but what is the basis for all these forms the light the very universal light which is beyond name and beyond form is what we ultimately have to relate to so for that whatever form is for the moment comfort take to the form but don't stop with the form you have to get into the energies relating to the form see do you take coffee from this cup or you take coffee from this cup or you take coffee from this cup there are three cups of coffee and on one cup there is the picture of dattatreya and another cup there is picture of cvv and still another cup there is a picture of christ it's not the picture that matters the coffee that matters <clears throat> see the final theology the final theology as i would like you to understand which i have very emphatically stated in the in these lectures it is the male female energy with its potential for the will knowledge and activity that is the ultimate that's energy you give any name to it you give any form to it it's okay the name and form is a convenience but it is not the ultimate the content is ultimate do you drink the cup or do you drink the coffee in the cup you cannot eat away the cup isn't it likewise all these since all these cups supply coffee to you similarly beat ek beat mn beat cvv beat krishna beat rama beat jesus beat any god of any theology it's a representation of light this must be understood so representation of light since we are in form we we are drawn to certain forms since we are in form we are drawn to certain forms 
So if a, if a form is found more agreeable, relate to it, but the content is the same. That's what I wish to say. The beauty of India is that we have so many gurus, so many deities. So it makes you ultimately realize that it is one as many. It is one as many. So it is the same male-female energy with its holy triad as Dattatreya. As I said, it is the same energy as Gayatri. It is the same energy as Ganesha, like that I mentioned to you. So please feel free if you feel the inner impulsion. Feel free if there is an inner impulsion and you feel drawn to it. It means that is a better means to, better means to reach the goal. See, you go to a shop, for example, there is a watch like this. In a shop there would be three, four watches like this. Isn't it? Same, three pieces. Three pieces are there. You go to buy a watch. You like these three pieces. You, you don't buy all the three, isn't it? You buy one of the three. Can you answer why you buy only one of them? Why not the other one? When there are more than one piece of same type, you pick up one, just as, just like, of course I did not pick it up, someone gave it to me. <laughs> so, you go and you pick up among similar articles, one of them. One of them. So, why is that one, why not the next one? There is something in you that you feel the call. So, that's what I am saying. If you are conscience, if your conscience feels drawn, feels drawn to another dimension of the divinity, it's not the other, it is the same dimension, another form of divinity. Feel free and move on. And don't feel any guilt about it because it's the same thing. You are drinking coffee from this cup for the last three days. Today another cup. See, I was in Switzerland, I was in Spain, and now I am in Germany. Different cups are offered. What do I look for? Do I, do I try to carry the same cup from India everywhere? What I look for is coffee, not the cup. What I look for is coffee, not the cup. I need not bring the cup from my house. And carry that cup everywhere, wherever I go. It is everywhere. Coffee is available everywhere. Like that, the omnipresent one is available everywhere. It offers itself in different forms. It offers itself in different names. So wherever you move on the planet, wherever I move on the planet, I am happy as far as I get my morning coffee. But through which cup is not important. Because every cup contains this same coffee, a combination of coffee decoction, a bit of milk, and a sweetener. That's all what you look for, isn't it? 
Like that, in all these forms, what you have to look for? What you have to look for is the omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, male-female God. That's it. Then only you are complete. Otherwise, you are you are still a cultist. As long as you you get stuck to a name or to a form and do not see beyond, you remain limited. You remain limited. That's why the practice should lead you to Vedanta. That's how they say philosophy. The philosophy is really is about that tap. Is about. Did not God tell Moses? I am that I am. What is that? That is the essential truth. In Sanskrit it is called Tat. See, it is not he, it is not she. It is that. It is it. It's an energy of... It's in creation it is male-female. Out of creation, you do not know what it is because you are not there to see it. Into creation, it, is, it comes as male-female. So this male-female energy takes to different forms to bless beings. So whichever form is your facility, you take to it. Don't feel hesitant. That's where in India... There can be thousand cults, but as long as through every name and form when they are relating to the universal energy, as long as you are relating to the universal energy, you are doing the right thing. If you stop with the form, you remain limited. Then you have, you cannot accept another form. Isn't it? That's the problem. Those who worship through one form, get the, get habituated only to worship through that form. See, now there are one, two, three, four windows here. If you start looking through one window to to see the sun, it's a habit that you see the sun through this window. And then slowly you start saying, this window only shows sun. But there is another window from which another sees the sun. Isn't it? Likewise, there are so many windows through which you see the sun. Sun is one. Windows are many. Sun is one. Windows are many. So as much as I see the sun through this window, so is my brother seeing from the other window. As long as what he sees is the same as what I see, it's okay. But if you limit yourself to the window, then you are into ignorance. So therefore, be it CVV, be it Dattatreya, what is important is to realize the, the master in you, and through that master you enter into the universal master. There is a master in each one of us, because the one master exists in every being, in every being. In every being it exists. There is a place for the divinity in us. 
and because of his presence in us we breathe and we awake and we fall into sleep there is a there is a presiding deity relating to us who is permeating all over the universe and he also has a seat in us so that he is available to each one of us so when you get into the the god center in you the master center in you from there you make the right understanding of the universal master so the universal master manifests in varieties of ways he came as kapila as i said he came as, he, is, he is there as dattatreya he he manifested as krishna the universal master and his light shined through many great initiates all over the world his light shined through many great initiates like pythagoras jesus and all those masters whom we regularly adore it is only that energy functioning to them so do not limit your comprehension to a name and a form while it may be dear to you it is and you are permitted to relate through that name and that form but go beyond the name beyond the form and also do not say that this is the only way that is the sickness this is the only way would be a sickness that's how they said jesus is the only son of god <laughs> which is then god must be very poor just to have one son isn't it all the beings are his sons so therefore your affinity to a form should not cause a, a disability in you to see the same energy through all other forms that's why india is considered to be the place where god is allowed to be worshiped in any name in any form in any way that you like what is important is you relate to the divine energy in you and around you so therefore don't think uh, you are really moving you are in the same energy but to your psychical comfort you can safely move towards the satreya then by that you haven't done anything wrong but your comprehension has to change that ultimately all forms all names emerge from one source and your relation is to that source your relation is to that source that should be the understand then Yes, thank you. Can you explain the Master Siri Independence Day? Master Siri Independence Day. Master Siri Independence Day? And Mary Life Day. Mary Life Day. Yesterday I stated that 1st July, Master said it is, he gave a declaration of independence. 26th july he happened to link the 
through in the in the in the path of yoga that he gave out he happened to link the planetary life with the individual form that means whosoever follows the path of the master in so far as he is working out the purpose of his life the he arranged he made a link with the planetary life and also with the solar life so that the, there is an extended life for the yoga student as long as he is purposefully continue practicing the yoga this is about merry life and the day of merry life what he said i am able to link up the pranic force of this planet to that of the student of yoga thereby he is eternally incessantly supplied the life force by which he continues to live until he fulfills himself in yoga and since life is given an extended dimension through the yoga he called that day as merry life so be merry that you continue to live until you fulfill the the yoga the yoga is considered fulfilled when we form the etheric body when we form the body of light then we realize that we do not die we move into the body of light from the body of flesh and blood and therefore we do not experience death therefore that is what is called the purpose of life extending life until you form the body of light then the independence declaration is in relation to the independence you gain from the body of flesh and blood and independence from the bondage of earth bondage of earth earthly bondage one can relieve of and yet continue on the planet that's what the masters of wisdom are doing like the hierarchical masters they are they don't have earthly bondage and yet they live on earth to help the beings those are ones who are called independent <coughs> they are all, they are not dependent upon anything on earth yet they stay on earth this is what is called independence so on 1st july first he declared that this yoga has come to give independence to the seekers in a in a very speedier manner with the help of uranus independence is worked out in a speedier manner until the independence is fully gained there has to be continuity of life on the in the body for that on 26 july he worked out an agreement with the pranic principle in fact he connected the the cosmic kundalini to solar kundalini solar kundalini to earth kundalini earth kundalini to individual kundalini this is how he did a huge work for details you can see the last paragraph under the caption capricorn in the book spiritual astrology that the master has accomplished that with the help of uranus and the energies of varuna 
So he accomplished two things. One is extension of life as long as you are working with the yoga. Second thing is gaining independence from earthly bondage. So, first of July he declared that in Kumbhakonam about independence and 26th of July he, he declared that the life thread connection is gained in this yoga and whosoever continues with the yoga, the, the planetary influence gets a diluted and the planets function in a different manner in the case of those who follow this path of yoga. There are many incidents where life is extended. There are many incidents where the students are in the path of CVV yoga found life extended. So these are the two dimensions which are called declaration of independence and then merry life. I just have two questions. One is about the Firstly, with any mantra, if you mentally utter but not vocally, the transformations are subjective. Subjective. For all subjective transformations, any mantra shall have to be uttered without moving the tongue. When you don't move the tongue, it's only the mind that has to utter the mantra. When, when mind utters the mantra, then the mind being, the inner aspect of our being, you would be making a very conscious utterance. If, if the tongue utters mantra, the mind may go away. Therefore, they say, join the tongue to the upper palate, and keep on mentally singing the mantra. Because it's only the mind that requires the discipline of mantra. Mantra means by repeated chanting and listening within, repeated chanting and listening within, it does three jobs. One is, it, it, firstly, purification happens. Purification happens. When once the purification happens, you would find the related light in you. 
and then you get the guidance from within. These are the three aspects of a mantra. It is called in Sanskrit, mananat trayate iti mantra. That's how the definition of mantra is. Mananat trayate iti mantra. Meaning, as much as you chant consciously, consciously, in, in silence, it keeps on giving a threefold benefit to you. It protects you, it guides you, it enlightens you. Therefore, for inner transformations, mantra has to be chanted with it. Chanting outside, vocally, is helpful to, is helpful to purify the surroundings. To purify the surroundings, you can chant outside because it's an objective purification. Chanting inside is a subjective purification. So that's the difference. So to chant Brahm within you is therefore important. And the, I also gave the, how you have to apply Dram, Dram, Dram. Three parts are Dram, 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 center, right and left. The, these are the points of Ida Pingada and the, there is a higher point called Sushumna. In fact, the, the trident which you find as a symbol is nothing but these three points eh, together. That's why in the Vaishnavite system they make three vertical lines. One relates to Ida, another relates to Pingada, and then the central line relates to Sushumna. So since uh, Dhatatraya is a triple energy, you utter for Dram, 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 or make a triangle like this, and keep on saying Dram, 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 again Dram, 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 Dram. That's one way. Another way is one Dram at Ajna, another Dram at Heart. The third drama at Muladhar, like that we can. Your, by your conscious utterance and movement, you, you conduct the movement of energies in you by the mantra. Likewise, every mantra has its discipline. But every mantra has the ability to transform. Every mantra, there are about 18 important mantras which I have given in the book, Mantrams. Those are all mantras which are time-tested. Working with them causes, causes the needed purification, enlightenment, and you get guided from within because your conscience unfolds into a perceptible layer and you get guided. So that's how you have to work with the mantra. Then the second question is about Losing the, the kind of uh, inspiration that you gain in any group life or Guru Pujas as you go home. It is very common. Because here we live in an energy, we build an energy and we live in it. We build an energy together. When we all utter forth Om together, 
the impact it has in the surroundings is different. The impact is so very different. In fact, many times the, the, the five elements also take to the needed harmony. The weather reports do not come true. If you see, I keep observing them. It may be said that there can be a thunderstorm in Belarbek. That was what predicted yesterday. A thunderstorm and torrential rain for one hour. I got the message in the... also. But it was not there. And it may say that there be there would be clouds all through and it may rain, but it would not. Because the energy is such, the energy that we invoke is the energy which is the basis for all functioning of the nature. So many times we, we get contrary to the forecast, sunlight. Yesterday also at the lunch time our sister Doris said in the afternoon we will have very heavy rain. But there was no heavy rain. There was some little rain. Why all this? Weather is weather, it keeps changing. That is one dimension. But then when you are all, we are all, we are all here and chanting sacred sounds, the ambience changes all around. So in that sphere that we build, we live for three nights, four nights, Earlier we were even making a nine-day seminar. So a very effective sphere of mm, light and love and will is built in which we stay. So when you go out, what happens? This sphere is not there unless you, with your own will, retain it with you. Retain it with you. And as you go home, even though you do your regular prayers, the impact of a collective prayer is far more than the impact of an individual prayer. A collective prayer has a, a multiple impact. That's why as far as possible, prayers are recommended to be done collectively. Whereas, when the daily life does not allow you to do it, then you consciously link up to the groups. You can consciously link up to the groups and in the, in the, in the, in the higher plane feel that you are part of a huge group, like a Guru Puja. Imagine that you are in a Guru Puja kind of a situation and doing your prayer. That would be much more helpful. That's how we, the, the, the individual life, since you do not hold as much around you and in you the energy, therefore it dissipates and uh, you lose, you tend to be falling into the impacts of the ambience that prevails at the place where you live. So it requires more effort to build it and to, be, to live in it. That's why outside it becomes slightly difficult. But through time as we practice and we stabilize the energies in us, 
every morning through prayer we can build a sphere around you you can build a sphere around you i gave many such techniques before with om namo bhagavate rudraya also i gave such technique with every mantra you can build from the heart up above from the heart down below from the heart towards the front from the heart towards the back from the heart towards the left from the heart towards the right and then join all those directions the six directions are joined with the center in the heart which is the seventh one so you build this kind of a shell in you that is what we call shivalingam or a double pyramid you if you build that kind of a a shell of light around you you are you are very much intact wherever you move you are moving with the shell around that's how it's like having an armor like a like a warrior has an armor you have a shield of protection around you which is a field of light and it doesn't let you go anywhere and everywhere and sometimes undesirable energies they do not come to you it protects so that is how you can still stay on with the with the strength of the prayer throughout the day it can be worked out why because it's not always possible to live in a group while when whenever opportunity permits we try to take partake in a group and join the a, a, a sphere of light it's like getting into a sphere of light when this is not possible when we are in our daily work build every day a sphere in, in you around you stay in it and keep moving everywhere then you are under in a protective shield a, a directive shield and a, a field of light that's how it is that's why jesus says when he goes to jerusalem i can pull down this temple and in 3 days i can rebuild it i can pull down this temple and i can rebuild the temple in 3 days because 3 days and 3 nights when you when we, when we do a very rhythmic work certain things it gets built when we leave this hotel the energy remains here for some time until some other activity keeps happening here the energy remains so that's why this understanding of manifestation of energy through the work of goodwill we should be aware of and try to build it up on a daily basis and participate in a group life to benefit further let it be so did i answer all your questions hmm? Yes, please. You can come here and speak through the mic.
beginning, uh, on the first step, you talked about. Um, <laughs> you, you talked about um, the beginning of creation, and there was darkness who fought against the creation. What is this darkness, and why is it fighting against the creation? What is this darkness, and why is it fighting against the creation? Yes. The, the creation is an expression. A, create, a, a creation is an expression. And an expression has a duration. An expression has a duration. That's what I say. A creation is an effort. An effort. Every effort has its uh, conclusion. Between one effort and other effort, there is a, a, a period of lull, a period of no action. So when the creation is to be, it was in a chaos, meaning a kind of static space. It's a static space into which a dynamic impulse comes and tries to make its expression. So when it is finding its expression, there is already the other energy which is very much settled. So it doesn't easily give way, just doesn't easily give way because it is, it is eternally there. And you are periodically coming up in, and then retreating. A creation is for a periodicity. But the, the, the static space in which this creation happens is eternally there, therefore it has a different energy. Just to give an example, we can't be awake all the time. Can we be? We wake up in the morning and essentially, though you do not wish, when, it, when we get it late into the night, automatically the sleep comes. Isn't it? Automatically the sleep comes because this awakening has a periodicity. Necessarily it concludes with a sleep. So sleep is impending. Sleep is impending. If you stay awake for two, three days, your system is disturbed. But when there is a need to be awake, you fight with the sleep. Isn't it? If you are writing some examinations or if you are doing very important work, you do your very best to stay awake. So why? Because sleep automatically comes. Sleep automatically comes. Like that, now that I am talking, automatically there is a, a, a termination dream. This is all effort. A creation is an effort. It's a field of activity. When the activity is not, the field remains. So the field impends, compels you to conclude the activity. So even while you are beginning with the activity, there is a resistance, which you explain, which you can experience when you are awakening in the morning. The morning, when you are coming out of sleep, 
Is there not a slight struggle in you to come out of sleep? And sometimes you get the feel, ah, let me sleep a little more. Let me sleep a little more. And you sleep a little more. And then again you try to get up. Again you sleep a little more. Isn't it? It's a very common experience. Uh, until you feel like completely wake up and get up, there is an impending, uh, there is a compulsion from within to sleep. That's how just as sleep does with our awakening. Just as our sleep does with conclusion of our awakening, that which exists before the creation in the space doesn't let it unfold easily and also doesn't let it continue forever. You understand that? Your sleep, you cannot forever stay awake. There is a time beyond which you fall asleep in whatever position you are. You may fall asleep in the class, you may fall asleep in the prayer, in the prayer or meditation. Anywhere you may fall asleep, it doesn't require even a, a horizontal posture. Like that you will sleep. Because it's impending. So, this is again such a chance at the beginning of the creation, there was a greater effort, a greater will to dispel that darkness. Dispelling the darkness required greater will. To get up very early in the morning, you need a, a will better than what you carry. If you are normally getting up, say, at four o'clock, at, say, not five o'clock, if you are normally getting at five o'clock, to get up at four o'clock, you need a stronger will. Otherwise, you don't get up. Assuming that you get up at five. I hope you get up at five o'clock. <laughs> Between ten to five is the hours generally recommended for people to sleep when you are in the path of discipleship. But sometimes sleep overpowers us. Sleep overpowers us and by the dint of will we resist the sleep. Likewise, in the beginning of the creation when the impulse came, the will had to resist the, 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 the darkness to encroach upon the field of light. So this resistance that we show is arising from our will, which I call Rudra, not me, the scriptures call it as Rudra, that the Rudras dispel the darkness and a field is created. It is like if you have a lot of will energy, you are able to wake up. When you don't have, then the sleep overtakes you. In the initial stages, there is that susceptibility for the static energy to overpower the emerging dynamic energy. That's how it is. That's why we also say with respect to the, the pregnancy, the first three months of pregnancy is very delicate because there is a lot of fight that happens for survival. After three months only, the doctors confirm, okay, take care, keep visiting me every every month. Let me make sure that it grows well. The fetus to develop into the regular form and then grow and grow and grow. How much care is taken? 
otherwise it cannot stand. Likewise, the, the creation in its initial stages had its own crisis from the surrounding darkness that it keeps neutralizing the, the, the impulse to express. The impulse to express always finds its crisis. It is so with the chick in the egg. It is so with the flower in the tree. It takes lot of time for the flower to come out of the stem of the stem or stack of the tree. This effort is what we call the will. So before that, what was prevailing remains dominant. The, the previous energy remains dominant and it, by effort we create something once it finds its own level with the darkness, then it stays on. That's why in the initial, in the scriptural stories at the time of cosmogenesis, there were many a crisis where the darkness was threatening to dissolve the upcoming creation. That's why it is. Is it clear to you with the examples? Yes, please. Okay. The question is, uh, it, it was said that uh, Dattatraya comes from Sirius and the energy of Sirius is Christ to our Christ. So it's a grand phenomena. And then uh, how about uh, Mitra and Varuna? <coughs> Mitra and Varuna, they are called the supra-cosmic intelligences. Supra-cosmic intelligences. One is the basis for the spirit, the other is the basis for matter. Mitra is the basis for spirit, Varuna is the basis for the matter. One is the basis for the content, the other is the basis for container. Content and container. Mitra is the content, Varuna is the container. So they, these two principles are the male-female aspect of the creation. They constitute the male-female aspect of creation and they descend beyond the cosmic. That's why they are called supra-cosmic. From supra-cosmic plane, the male-female principles descend as Mitra and Varna. So therefore, when we realize the male-female God, we can say we have realized Mitra and Varna. And every deity, as I have been saying, is, is but Mitra and Varna. Every avatar is Mitra and Varna and they also have the facility of the, the holy triad. The will, the knowledge and activity, they emerge from male-female. 
So in Dattatreya you find the male-female aspect of Mitra and Varna and then the Holy Trinity as the three Lagos. That's how he is a synthesis of the five. It is the case with every uh, avatar. It is the case with every avatar. Dattatreya is one of the avatars. His purpose is to promote yoga in the solar system promote yoga in the solar system. So it is the same deity that takes to different uh, functions uh, through different forms. It's like one government. On one side it works as police, on the other side it works as revenue, and on the other side it works as a post, post office. Like that there are so many departments of one government. It's all one governor that is governing through the various departments. So in creation also there is only one master, one universal master. And uh, it's, and you should understand that it is a universal energy, male-female energy. It has formed a different, into different, there is a sun system. As I always say, cosmic sun solar sun, planets. It's also an avatar. Likewise, Dattatreya, an avatar. So, whenever you think of, when it comes to Dattatreya, I have explained how Matra and Varna and the Trinity are with him. Like that, this principle exists in every grand being who is conducting different functions. This, this cosmic, solar and planetary suns whom we know, are also emerging from the same male-female principle, which is called pure existence, pure consciousness. So ultimately, through everything, we only relate to these five. Relate to these five. So Dattatreya was a formation as a facility to substitute Trinity in times of crisis, number one. Number two, to impart yoga to the beings so that they stand aligned with the universal master. That's all it is. Yes, please. Maybe you have to come here, Hubert. They haven't heard you. They could not hear you. It is nice that all of, all of them see you because you are always sitting in the... <laughs> yes, here is the mic. There is the mic. Logos as such means the male-female energy. When we say first, second and third logos, First, second and third logos, we are only saying is detail. Logos means the male-female energy, the God. 
That's right. When we say first logos, we are speaking about the will and its power. Second logos, we say the the diamonds of the logos has ability to administer and ability to keep things in splendor. That's the that's where knowledge is. When we say third logos, it's the same logos functioning as a, a procreating a, a principle of formations. From one logos, the three emerge as as one becoming three, they emerge. So when we say just what is logos means, it is male female energy. It's male female energy. That's all. It it uh, takes to triple form for purposes of manifestation. At other times, it remains. As such, as a male-female energy, in a in an awakened state, we can take ourselves as an example so that we understand. When we are awake, we are male-female. When we are awake, we are male-female. Then the will happens as an emergence, as an impulse. And to fulfill that will, we take to knowledge. And through knowledge, we take to action. That's how one becomes three regularly. So the one becoming three conducts the creation. One becoming three in us conducts our daily life. We are only one. One as one, one as male, female. Then we conduct concurrently these three functions, the will to do, the knowledge to do, and then the related action. The will to do, the knowledge to do, and the related action. So all this is done in, when in its understanding we see it as three, but we are just one person as a male-female person. Like that Logos is one, but manifests as three all the time. Eleven thirty. You have a question? Yeah, please. You, you spoke yesterday that in the Mayan culture, um, down where the, next to the pyramid, there was a pit hole yes. where babies were thrown. Uh, what is it? What requires from the other side that we do sacrifices? Because they are such a Huge energy, they need nothing from us. Why? You draw attention. It is is to draw attention. Drawing attention. To draw attention, an extraordinary act of sacrifice is done. Then the 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 all permeating one is enabled to make a descent. See the the energy is permeating. When we say Om, we draw the attention. 
we create a tension by which a funnel is formed by which energies descend likewise there are rituals to draw attention of the omnipresent one so that it creates a tension by which the energies are drawn there are many rituals like that yes especially the mayan rituals for all relating to life sacrifice i have gone through almost all pyramids that exists in uh, between south and north american mm-hmm. junction in anduras in gotamela in mexico the theme is to meet death with with joy and gain the immortality for every when you do something extraordinary the attention is drawn that's why the mayans are conducting such rituals uh, to to receive the needed response first time when i saw that i had i had to really contemplate a lot to know what it is Yeah. and coming back to that basketball game <laughs> it was only two players playing one on the other side one on this side there is no team one on the other side one on this side and the one who wins the game he he fights to win the game with such a spirit because he wants to offer his head he is is a is a spirit of offering he feels he feels totally disappointed if he loses because he could not submit his head for the benefit of the society the guide explained the game and then he himself asked me what do you think about this <laughs> i said we have similar stories in in the east so these are all rituals of sacrifice so man sacrifice was nothing in the ancient times the ritual of man sacrifice this called purusha medha if if a larger community a larger life gets benefited people did not care to sacrifice their own life but through times we have come to the point of such a preservation of life that at any cost we try to preserve our life that's how it the that's why the old rituals appear to be a paradox but the spirit was different thank you <laughs>